You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 83. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock Our Take segment, we answer a listener question on Cresita Therapeutics Inc., symbol CTX on the TSX, a commercial dermatology company with a portfolio of non-prescription skincare products and prescription drug products for the treatment and care of skin conditions and diseases and their symptoms. A listener asks us if the recent jump in profitability makes the stock attractive once again. Our star of the week is Zebic Absorption Inc., Symbol XBC on the TSX Venture, a provider of clean energy solutions, specifically gas generation, purification, and filtration solutions for the industrial, energy, and renewable market places. The stock is up 18% in the last week and has surged 185% year to date. Our dog of the week is Heart Gold Corp, symbol HRT on the TSX, an Ontario-based gold producer through its wholly owned sugar Zone Mine in White River, Ontario. The company is down 20% in the last two trading days, 56% in the last 12 months. In a supportive gold pricing environment, we discuss what ails the stock. This week, I'd like to welcome back Brennan, our, my co-host, and Aaron, as always. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Doing great over here. How are you guys? Doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, we just got back from our three to four week uh, nine city tour, our DIY seminars. Uh, had a lot of fun on the road. Uh, it how, is quite the, the tour, though. Nine, or no, we did 10 of them in total over three weeks yes. um, from Toronto to, to the West Coast. And I mean, it is, uh, it is quite a tour getting through all yeah, that. Yeah, we include the money show in there, which we did in late September as well. And, uh, yeah, it's it's nine pres. Oh, I mean, you know what? We had some great people, uh, in in great crowds in like basically all the cities. Some great discussion after. Do about a two two and a half hour, almost three hour presentation. Then we sit for about an hour after in most uh, most rooms, answer any and all questions on uh, you know any stocks in their portfolio and our strategy, the way we. Uh, our Keystone uh, believes you should build your own portfolio. And, you know, we get some great question and answer periods. So it is, you know, rewarding in that respect for sure. Certainly. And, and, and one thing to note as well from this run of conferences, our DIY seminars, is that this is the first run that Brendan, Brennan has completed with us since he's come mm-hmm. aboard Keystone. So we like to call him a DIY seminar vet now. I'm a DIY You're vet. You're a vet. 
Yeah. You're a veteran. How do you feel now, Brandon? Well, you know, I feel pretty good. I did have a lot of fun on the road. Um, You know, I'm going to be completely honest. It was great meeting uh, some of our clients, putting faces to names and uh, just talking stocks, you know, as uh, as we love to do. Um, But yeah, no, it was I mean, I was a little exhausted by the end. Uh, when we were in Vancouver, it was uh, it was too bad that uh, of the I think seven days I was there, it it rained I think five or six of the days. So I, um, you know, that was kind of a letdown. But I still got to see the beautiful city, um, and yeah, no, it was it was overall a great experience. I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the spring the spring session of our uh, seminars. Yeah, okay, it should so, be good. Huh? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, we go ahead. Uh, yeah, sorry, Aaron. I mean, we there's always you know you're on the road. You're in nine di- nine ten different cities. There's always some adventures on the road. And we had promised Brennan that when he came into Vancouver, because he'd actually never seen. I don't know if I can say this on air, but you'd never seen the ocean, right, Brennan? Never. So that's true. That's we'd promised true. him beautiful scenic views of uh, when you fly into Vancouver and the coastline there. And we went over to Victoria, and it was nothing but gray and uh, green or gray and rainy weather. So we we kind of. We pooped the bed on that one, the city did, but, uh, you know, he got two days at the end of sun, so it was beautiful to see, um, yeah. But, I mean, the fly- the flying's always an adventure. I, I remember, I- can we share a couple of stories from the road? Should we do that? I, I don't know. I don't know if the listeners or really want to Or should we talk know, about investing? I mean, I'm sure I'd, that everybody th- would th- love that seems to hear secondary our life stories right now. for the next that hour. That seems very secondary I, I, right I, now. I, <laughs> I'd actually be quite curious to hear Brennan's impression of the content, because this is the first time he's seen the seminars, and... You know, you, you saw them, what, 10 times? Yeah, 10 um, times. I mean, I don't know I if you were like paying attention all 10 of those times. I was, for the most part, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what stood out to you, Brandon? Like, what, in terms of the content, kind of stood out to you? What did you feel was kind of the best takeaway for investors? Well, first of all, I think just how you guys, you know, reiterate every time that, uh, Putting your money with a big bank is essentially, you know, not doing you justice and not doing your portfolio justice. Um, and just to, you know, build that simple 10 to 25 stock portfolio and, you know, getting around so many of the fees and just underperforming the market. I think one of the coolest things that you do show up there as well is um, how one of the mutual funds uh, returns something like 7% in a year or something like that. And then, uh, it ended up actually underperforming the market by I think 3%, which was actually um, the the management fund or the management fee, sorry. Um, so I think that that's... Yeah, essentially, essentially, like it shows like we show a study of um, uh, and just the numbers on a, a basic Canadian mutual fund, equity fund that's basically mirroring the Canadian market. Uh, it has about 100 stocks in it. And over a 10-year period, you know the the performance of that fund was about seven point four percent in that range, and then the performance of the index over that period was nine point five in that range. So the the underperformance was one point eight nine percent, which is exactly the fee that they charge you, the MER, the management expense ratio that they charge you to manage that fund. So it does show you, you know, you you get a hundred stocks in that portfolio. Uh, what you're going to do is you, essentially you bought the market, so you're going to mirror what the market performs at, and then you're going to underperform the market essentially by the fee that is being charged by that traditional mutual fund. 
and we but you're not show beating you the market, can, which yeah. is what the point of that mutual fund. That's what they're trying to do, of course, for you. <laughs> I mean, and that's what we kind of undersell. I mean, the whole point of that fund is the exercise. I mean, they're telling you they're trying to beat the market. It's never going to beat the market when they've you know bought a hundred plus stocks in there, and all it does is mirrors the market, and then you underperform due to that fee. And it really is shocking to see how much that eats into your returns in your portfolio over time. Uh, we believe, you know, you buy that 15 to 25 stock portfolio, individual quality stocks, uh, go with a discount brokerage, get charged a very low fee to buy those. And, uh, you know, over time, you're paying less fees and you can have a chance to actually beat the market. So, that, you know, that's the way we structure a portfolio. Yeah, I, I think it's a powerful piece of information. And, and that's why I brought it up. You know, I just um, so many investors, well, and even my friends, you know, just putting their money into mutual funds and uh, not really understanding them. Um, you know, I've had the conversation with uh, one of my close buddies recently and, and just told him, you know, you're better off just uh, starting, you know, a Quest Trade account or Interactive Brokers or just with your, uh, you know, bank, your, your big bank and uh, starting your own self-directed account and, uh, you know, get going and, you know, why not use our research uh, along the way? I mean, it's it's only going to help you. Yeah, I mean, because that's all we do. All we do is sit here is analyze stocks. We'll be talking about three of those today, not necessarily in coverage, but from uh, you know questions that have come in from listeners, and, and we love to do that. But you know, anyway, to sum up, the the the, the seminar tour was great. Uh, met a lot of existing clients out there, and we say hi to you once again. It was great to meet you in person. Put a uh, face to a or a name to a face, uh, however they say it. Face to a name. I know I might have said it. Yeah, wrong yeah. Either. No, and and also it's just uh, you know meeting new client, new potential clients out there, and hopefully you know winning your business over the long term is what we're trying to do. So we could we could get into the uh, the the show today. We're going to talk first. I think Aaron's going to talk ha- handle one of our your stock our takes. It's time we answer a question on your stock. In a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. On Cresita Therapeutics, CTX on the TSX, we've had a couple questions on this as of late. Aaron, I'll let you take that one. Certainly. So uh, as you said, Ryan, Cresita Therapeutics, CTX on the Toronto Stock Exchange. It's trading right now for just under a dollar. It's a small company. It has a market capitalization of just over $20 million, so quite a small business. And what they, they are, they're a commercial dermatology company. They have a portfolio of non-prescription skincare products and prescription drug products for the treatment and care of skin conditions and diseases and their symptoms. So it's a, it's, it's a skincare company that has really performed well for investors over the past year. So if you look at the share price, very impressive. It's more than doubled over the last 12 months. There has been some volatility since the share price hit its 52-week high, or its record high, sorry, in July, which was at $1.12. And as I said, right now, trading for just under a dollar with volatility in between July and, and current day. The company did just put out its Q2 results on August 8th. And on at face value, these results look to be very positive. One, one thing that I will note as well is that it's a net, net cash company, a cash-rich company. So they have a net cash position of $6.5 million. That's about $0.32 cents per share. So very significant there. Uh, in April, they announced an out-licensing agreement with a company called Cantabria Labs. That's This is a leading prescription dermatology company in Europe. And this uh, agreement gives uh, Cantabria 
Cantabria uh, the exclusive rights to sell and distribute Cressida's project Plyaglis in Italy, Portugal, France, and Spain. And this agreement also provides some significant upfront payments to Cressida. Uh, and on October 28th, Cressida entered into another partnership with a company called Sundial Growers. This is a cannabis company. The partnership is to develop cannabis and hemp topicals. And this connects Cressida with the, with the uh, cannabis industry and gives them opportunities to sell into that space. So this is some very good news flow. Um, as I said, the quarterly financial results, which were released on August 8th, looked very impressive when we look at the headline numbers. So revenue for the quarter was 9.4 million. That's a 305% increase over the previous year. Adjusted earnings were 4.8 million compared to a loss of 1.4 million uh, in the same quarter of the previous year. However, when we dig a little bit deeper into the numbers, what we discover is that the Q2 results included uh, 5.5 million in upfront payments and guaranteed future minimum royalties associated with the outlicensing agreement with Cant Cant Cantabria Labs. Um, so when we when we remove this. From the, from the revenues and the earnings, we actually find that the company would have reported a net loss in that quarter. So that's a concern. Uh, our take on the company is that it, it has obviously been a very strong performer. The Q2 results look strong, but we are concerned about that $5.5 in upfront payments because it does not appear that these upfront payments will be part of recurring revenue going forward. And this makes Cressida's future profitability far from certain. As well, the company's most recent licensing agreement in the cannabis sector doesn't come with any concrete numbers that we're able to, to analyze. So we do think that Cressida is a very interesting company. We'd love to see that net cash position. This net cash really reduces the financial risk because they don't have debt that they have to service. And it provides great flexibility for the company to invest in, in its own business or pursue acquisitions. But Keystone would really need to dig deeper into this company and talk to management before considering a recommendation because we don't know that they're going to be profitable going forward at this point in time. Yeah, it's a good summary. And and I believe this company will be you know included in one of our upcoming cash-rich reports in our Canadian growth and small cap research um, because of the fact they hit profitability in the last quarter and they have that good, solid balance sheet. The issue, of course, would be, it, the, the, is that profitability a one-time event and is it going to be very lumpy over time? Those are things that we would dig into deeper and uh, if it was going to be a recommendation, we'd like to see more of a recurring base of revenue that uh, made a recurring profitability in this business. So certainly interesting, certainly has been, uh, you know, the news flow has been great uh, over the past uh, few months. Uh, and, you know, it's pointing in the right direction. We just have to see if that is going to be a company that has that recurring cash flow over time, or is it just some one-offs at this point? Now let's move to our weekly star. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's star. star. That would be Zbeck Absorption Inc., symbol XBC on the TSX Venture. Brennan, I'm going to let you take that. Okay, thank you, Ryan. So our weekly star is Zbeck Absorption Inc., ticker symbol XBC on the TSX Venture Exchange. Currently trading at a price of $2.05 and has a market cap of just under $150 million. 
So the stock was up around 18.75% last week and up over 185% year to date uh, from where it was trading at around uh, 70 cents to uh, where it's trading now at $2.05. Now, what does the company do? Zbex specializes in compressed air and gas systems, developing products and technology solutions for environmentally responsible uh, generation, purification, dehydration, separation, and filtration applications. The company operates internationally with a presence in North America, Europe, and China. And Zbex is trying to uh, increase its focus on renewable gas generation as it believes that these fuel sources are increasing in demand while the world takes action on climate change. And uh, some of its products include systems and equipment to convert biogas to renewable gas from agricultural digesters, uh, landfill sites, and wastewater treatment plants, as well as uh, systems for renewable hydrogen generation from renewable natural gas and gas processing systems for removal of CO2 from natural gas. And these are just a a couple of their products. Uh, I just wanted to uh, show you you what what they do. So what is driving the stock here? On September 11th, 2019, the company announced over 11.7 million in new orders, which increased the company's backlog from 63.5 million to 72.2 million as of September 6, 2019. And in addition, the company's most recent quarterly results uh, also appear to show uh, that operations are improving with significant revenue growth and work towards consistent profitability. Um, But I will touch on that uh, a little bit more in a second. And uh, here I also wanted to point out that the increase in share price may also be influenced by interests surrounding clean energy, as right now climate change is one of the main uh, macroeconomic drivers for adoption of renewable zero carbon energy, such as renewable natural gas, uh, and Zbeck is touting itself as a clean energy company. So looking at the company's most recent quarterly results uh, for quarter two, 2019, revenue increased 140% to 12.77 million from 5.32 million in the same quarter last year. EBITDA increased substantially up 500% to 1.8 million compared to just 300,000 for the same quarter last year. And net income was also up substantially to 1.02 million from a net loss of 113,000 for the same quarter last year. And just looking at the trailing numbers a little longer, trailing 12 months, uh, revenue has doubled period over period. um, And again, EBITDA and net income have also increased substantially. So at the beginning of the fiscal year, uh, management did provide 2019 guidance, uh, and they this guidance came in at uh, 45 million in revenue, uh, four to five million in net earnings, and six to seven million in EBITDA, uh, which the company has recently stated this quarter that it is on track to meet these figures, and. Looking at the company's valuation multiples based on management's fiscal 2019 guidance, the stock is currently trading at a forward PE of around 24 times, and its forward EV to EBITDA multiple is trading around 22 times. So both of these multiples appear to be valuing the company at a moderate premium um, to the market, uh, but considering the company's impressive growth, uh, it does not appear to price the company at unreasonably high levels right now. and taking a look at Zbex's balance sheet, at first glance, the company does appear to be highly levered with a debt to equity ratio of 1.78. Uh, but now that the company has broken into profitability, uh, assuming this continues, the shareholders' equity should continue to grow, making the debt to equity more reasonable. 
and also considering the company's debt. Zbeck has a net debt to EBITDA ratio of under one, uh, again, indicating that you know the company's debt is not at unreasonably high levels. Um, so that's nice to see. Now to conclude, there is definitely some enthusiasm behind this story as the company has been growing revenue quite rapidly, has recently broken into profitability and appears to have a balance sheet that is beginning to strengthen. The macroeconomic environment also appears to position the company positively as the world tries to move away from fossil fuels. Zbeck definitely checks a lot of boxes in meeting our investment criteria, but at this time, we will continue to dig deeper on the company. Um, but you know, all in all, the recent increase in backlog, overall financial performance, and attractive macro factors have caused the share price to appreciate and has allowed the company to claim the coveted status of our star of the week. Yeah, I think that you're you're definitely correct that it's 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 operating in a, in what's a, a fairly um, big theme right now, which which would be the enviro industry. And one thing I do like about the company, of course, is that you know it's it's operating and this is something that we talked a lot about in our DIY seminars is is you know there are a lot of companies that are operating these hot themes and themes that are even true where there's a lot of money being spent and a lot of growth expected but they aren't profitable companies at least in the in the case of of this company it is actually generating uh, a net profit and and some pretty good revenue growth um, which is nice to see yeah, and uh, Zbeck is a company we have met with management in the past, and like Aaron said and, and Brennan stated as well, they are certainly in the right segment right now, or at least edging on that clean energy, climate change type segment. Uh, it's top of mind right now. The backlog has again recently moved up with some new orders, which is nice to see. It does check off a lot of our boxes. Uh, it is a company we continue to monitor. Um, like Brennan said, it's not expressly cheap right now uh, on uh, on many multiples. But you know, if it continues to grow at the levels that it is right now, uh, the share price can continue to to form as long as it continues to grow. Now, those rates that it, ha- it has been growing at in the last quarter are very difficult to sustain. But again, the backlog looks solid, so it's a company we continue to monitor and have looked at before in our breakthrough uh, reports. I'd also like to add, like I was like, as I was doing the research on this company, and this is kind of just a side note, um, but I looked over at BNN and on market call, they actually had a guest on talking about social responsible investing. And right as I looked over at the TV, he um, was actually pitching Zbeck as a buy. Um, and yeah. you know, he kept driving or selling the fact that the company was a great option um, and you know, a green alternative to companies related to fossil fuels. Um, so yeah, just kind of a side note, um, but again, just on that uh, um, environmental theme, like Aaron was saying, and like I alluded to earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, with this company, at least you have you have that angle, but you also have the profitability. So you know, it is something definitely to keep a watch on and keep an eye on for sure. Now, our weekly dog from our stars and dog segment. It's time for this week's dog. <laughs> is Heart Gold Corp. HRT is the symbol on the TSX, currently trades around $0.18, about a $675 million market cap. The stock is down 20% in the last couple days, 28% in the last month, and 56% in the last year. 
What does the company do? Well, Heart Gold is an Ontario-based gold producer through its wholly-owned Sugar Zone mine in White River, Ontario. The company also does some exploration work in the area, focused on, uh, essentially focused on exploration of the Sugar Zone property and the Stoughton Abitibi property. Now, what is driving the stock? Well, on Friday evening this past week, the company released its third quarter updated guidance uh, for 2019, resulting in approximately a 20% drop in the stock on Monday. The update showed a significant downgrade in guidance, down to 24,000 ounces from 20 or 39,000, and that would be for the year this year, 2019. And additionally, the quarterly results, the revenues were below targets. This is due to issues uh, management, at least stated, it is due to issues around mine development and the uh, the slope production rising from startup delays. I'll look at the financials here. Revenues in Q2 was up to $11.8 million from zero when the company was not producing in the same period of last year. Adjusted loss was $6.8 million compared to $6.9 million, so the company is still producing a very significant adjusted loss. Heart Gold, while revenue positive, continues to produce negative cash flow and negative EBITDA. The company has significant net debt and slightly negative shareholders' equity. The recent drop in the share price followed the company's announcement that it would miss third quarter production guidance and it significantly downgraded its 2019 production guidance overall. One bright note is the company is producing positive revenues this year compared to none in the same period last year. However, the, the negatives far outweigh the positives here. We have negative earnings, poor relative balance sheet, a downgraded guidance, and the share price losses, which all make Hart our dog of the week. Honestly, it is a company that completely, um, uh, it just doesn't make our, make our criteria. Uh, there is some revenue growth here. I think the company was not in production at this time last year, so you're going to see that. But, uh, you know, the net loss, the accounting loss, they had $11.8 million in revenues. The accounting loss was about $26 million. Um, it's fine to put out revenue and production numbers. Uh, if you're losing gobs of money, uh, you might as well not be producing. And, you know, that's what we see in this case. It's just not a company that would meet our criteria. Uh, you see all these losses, and I pointed out this: these losses have occurred in a positive gold pricing environment, which is not good on a producer such as this. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, actually, is, you know, just gold, the, the price of gold right now. Like, we did see quite a, or a little pop um, at... Uh, you know, in the last quarter here. And I believe the prices have came off a little bit. Um, but essentially, maybe that there was uh, some op or yeah, some optimism around the stock, you know, just as gold prices did, uh, or, or were increasing, you know, I haven't looked at the, uh, the actual stock chart. Um, and I'm not sure if you know, there was a, a bit of a, a blip up. Um, you know, before it became our dog of the week. Um, but maybe that's something that uh, was pushing it in that direction as well. Just the fact that there was some enthusiasm around gold and, you know, maybe that that uh, glimmer is kind of fading away as we come back to reality, of course, um, on the actual business fundamentals. Just a thought. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's all going to come down to the fundamentals and that's the risk. And we always talk about this with gold producers. 
uh, you, you know, if you, there's always with any business, your your execution or operational risk. If management does not operate, produce profitability. Um, the, you know, you have that risk with the business. If they don't do that, the stock price is going to go down. You can, you know, with gold, you have the pricing environment has to be positive. Now in this case for heart, the pricing environment has been positive and that's your other layer of risk. Uh, but management has not executed and the share price is you know, cut in half over the past year. So, you know, you have that execution risk, and even when the gold price was moving for this company, you would have been better off just buying the underlying commodity gold than uh, putting your money into a company like Hard over the past year. Another thing I'll just add on on gold companies is when you're explaining some of the operational issues that this company had, it, it gets so technical, it, it really makes it almost impossible for somebody who's not an engineer to really understand what's going on in their mind um, and whether or not their solution to fix any issues is actually feasible and workable. So, And I find this is, is, is kind of the same in, in oil and gas as well, as when things aren't going well with the with the operations, it's just it's very difficult to figure out how management is going to get back on track or whether they're planning to get back on track is is something you want to invest in. So that's that just furthers the argument of if you want exposure to gold, you know, oftentimes it's really just better to to buy the commodity or get exposure directly to the commodity and avoid some of this operating risk. Yeah, and it's probably it has less risk if you actually believe in gold long term to just buy. The commodity, and then you have you know you just exposure to the price of the commodity. If you think it's going up, there's a good place to be. A lot of people believe you have leverage to that with some of these mining companies. You also have, like we've pointed out, far more additional risk with an individual mine. All right, that's going to do our show for this week. Uh, I'd like to thank Brennan and Aaron for co-hosting with me, and I'd like you to keep sending your questions into our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we'll endeavor to answer your questions every week. Again, I'd like to wish all our listeners out there and clients profitable investing. Profitable investing. Thank you.